So I wanted to talk about the state of the Vikings, and I feel like the best place to start is with the coaching staff starting up top. As much as I've criticized head coach Mike Zimmer, I feel like he deserves credit in this regard. Through the first four weeks of the season, Mike Zimmer only wanted to win football games through his style of football, Zimmer football, 1970s offense, 55% run plays, 45% pass plays, put all the pressure on your running backs and your defense to where you wanted to basically grind your way to 13-10 victories. You wanted to restrict your $84 million quarterback to nothing more than a game manager. And even though you have some of the best receiving weapons in the league, you wanted to force them into your conservative type of offense instead of trying to fit a scheme around the talent that you have. There's a big difference between those two factors. And since that time, after the fourth game, that embarrassing loss against the Chicago Bears, it took Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen to call out the offensive scheme. But to his credit, Mike Zimmer has adapted. And I'd like to think that he has given the green light to Kevin Stefanski because now over these past two weeks, albeit against the Giants and the Eagles, both have very suspect secondaries. You've seen a much more balanced offensive attack. You're seeing a lot more passes. You're seeing a lot more. Uh, you're seeing the offense move the ball consistently up the field, consistently move the chains. You're seeing a lot more scoring from this offense. And now this offense has been given the chance to give this team the best chance to win games. Because before, it, when Mike Zimmer's stubborn ways, if the Chicago Bears, for example, could tee off on Dalvin Cook, and you wanted to be stubborn and say, okay, we're going to run the ball anyway, then you were basically asking to lose those games. I swear to God, Mike Zimmer has been so stubborn that I thought it was only a matter of time before he would get fired midseason. But to his credit, he has adapted for the better. You're seeing play action. You're seeing quick passes. You're seeing the offense take what the defense gives them. I want to see this through the rest of the season, and now you're seeing why this can be one of the best offenses in the league. So kudos to Mike Zimmer. The run game we already know is very strong, particularly when they run out on the edges outside of the tackles. And it's funny because Devontae Adams, one of the best wide receivers in the game of the Green Bay Packers, he tweeted out, our one-two punch at running back is the filthiest. If you disagree, well, you're on meth. Well, evidently, Devontae Adams and the entire Packer Nation are the only sober people in the entire world because I, we already know that Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen are the best wide receiver tandem in the league. But I would say based on Dalvin Cook, he's the clear-cut MVP of this Vikings team, and Alex Madison flourishing, I would say that Dalvin Cook and Alex Madison, that they're the best running back tandem in the league as well. And when you look at the offensive line, Brian O'Neill, he's been fantastic. Josh Klein, when he's been healthy, he's been great. Garrett Bradbury, he's going to get better. We already know what the deal is with Riley Reef. He's pretty much an average left tackle at this point. But I can't defend this guy anymore. I'm absolutely done with Pat Elfline. That sack that he gave up against the Eagles on Sunday where Cousins got sacked for minus eight yards, he gave up the sack to Brandon Graham. If you watch that play again, when the ball snaps, Brandon Graham beats him behind the line of scrimmage immediately, bro, immediately. And Pat Elfline 
watches. He watches Brandon Graham run right past him, and then he decides to turn back frontwards to do ghost protection against nobody. There was nobody else rushing Kirk Cousins. And so by the time that Brandon Graham got three steps ahead of Pat Elfline, then Elfline decided to turn around and say, okay, what's going on? The awareness during that play was so piss poor that I said, okay, I am done with Pat Elfline. And another thing that I really discovered is, because I watched the game over again, Eagles versus Vikings, there were so many plays where Elfline got beat, so many plays where Elfline got turned around to where Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins, they covered it up because let's say on run plays, there were so many plays where Elfline got turned around to where Dalvin Cook is so talented and his speed, he already got on the edge or he already made his cut around Pat Elfline's man to where it didn't matter. Or in the case of the passing game, there were so many times where Kirk Cousins got rid of the football to where Pat Elfline's man couldn't get to Kirk Cousins in time. I'm done with Pat Elfline. He needs to go. He needs to go to the bench, bring in Brent Jones, bring in Dakota Dozier. I don't give a damn. Then when you look at Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, we already know what they're about. Now that Stephon Diggs had his breakout game, everybody that wanted Stephon Diggs traded, slap yourselves, look yourselves in the mirror, and slap yourselves again. Oh, my God, Stephon Diggs, he's a diva receiver. No, he's not. Throughout the, what, four or five years in his career so far, this is the first time that Stephon Diggs has shown any sort of frustration. So if you're saying Stephon Diggs is a diva and he needs to go, then what are you saying about Adam Thielen? He's been showing frustration like two or three times a year. And the times that they have shown it, it's been rightfully deserved because they need their quarterback to get them the football. They're too damn talented to have quarterbacks underwhelming in getting them the football. So everybody that wants Stephon Diggs traded, y'all need to slap yourself straight up. Get out of here with that crap. And Kirk Cousins, he needs to be consistent. Like I said yesterday in yesterday's podcast, the leadership that he showed in that Eagles game was great. The problem is that was the first time, the first time that we saw that Kirk Cousins in six weeks. So we need to see that Kirk Cousins display the leadership on the field. We need to see that Kirk Cousins for the rest of the season consistently because his energy, if the quarterback is energized, it will feed off to everybody else and it will elevate their level of play to where you can make everybody around yourself better as a quarterback. Then we get to defense. The defensive line outside the Chicago game, they've been bringing nonstop havoc to opposing quarterbacks and to opposing running backs. Daniel Hunter, man, he is an absolute beast. He's still he has he reached 25 yet? I think he set the record for most sacks before turning 25 or 26. Daniel Hunter is an absolute beast. Everson Griffin, he is having a bounce back year so far. I'm so happy to see that he's in his safe haven of football. You can tell that he loves the sport. I'm so happy to see him play. Shamar Stephan in that Eagles game, he low-key had a really, really good game. There were so many game balls that you could give on the defensive side of the ball, but Shamar Stephan was nice. And Linval Joseph, we already know what he's about. Eric Kendricks is such an underrated player, bro. It's nice to see that he has bounced back in pass coverage this year compared to last year. He's becoming an all-around linebacker. He's one of the best linebackers in the league and still one of the most underrated players, not just linebackers, players in the league. Eric Hendricks, you can make the argument that he is the defensive MVP for this team so far. 
Then we get to Anthony Barr, and Anthony Barr has been playing his ass off. You know why? Because, oh, the last couple of years, he's so great because he creates pressure. That's why you see the low numbers everywhere else. No, he's creating pressure, and he's finishing plays, dog. You look at Anthony Barr's stats so far through the five games that he has played so far this season. Anthony Barr, already he's on pace to have the most tackles in, in a season in his career. He's already on pace. He's also on pace to have the most quarterback hits in a season in his career. And I don't like the idea of, oh, my goodness, put, have his hands go in the dirt and just rush the passer. No. If he's going to rush the passer, have him be a free linebacker to where he can find the open gaps because – his weaknesses, he can't go up against offensive linemen or really, quite honestly, any sort of blockers, running backs or fullbacks, sometimes tight ends and wide receivers. So his job is a lot more difficult in finding the open gaps. But he's done a really good job of consistently finding the open gaps. And when he's not rushing the passer, what he can do really well is drop back in zone coverage, not man coverage, because Anthony Barr, if he's not rushing the passer, he needs to have his eyes on the quarterback at all times to where he can really move and feel what the quarterback is doing and then decide what type of play he's going to make. He is playing his ass off, and that's why I was so frustrated with him the last couple of years because he's so talented. He can be so great, bro, and he's doing that this year. My goodness, I'm fighting. I lost my voice out there in Minneapolis, but I'm going to fight through this, man. Then we talk about uh, Mike Hughes. Actually, one more thing with Anthony Barr. He gave up a big-time play to Miles Sanders in the Eagles game. Also, Eric Kendricks gave up a touchdown catch to Miles, Sander, to Miles Sanders. That big-time play that Miles Sanders had on Anthony Barr, that was almost a touchdown catch too. And, oh, my God, it was a pick play. I don't care that it was a pick play. Anthony Barr, no linebackers in the league should be isolated on Miles Sanders, okay, because – if you are going to have linebackers on coverage with a uh, linebacker or running backs like that, like Miles Sanders, then what's going to happen is you need to have help coverage over the top. Think back to that Giants game where Darius Slayton, he lit up Xavier Rhodes for that long touchdown. Well, later on in that game, Darius Slayton, he beat Xavier Rhodes again. And what happened was Harrison Smith was over the top to break up that pass. The same thing needs to happen if you're having any of the linebackers guard running backs like that. There's about five teams in the NFL where the running backs are different, where they run like wide receivers. I'm thinking about, goodness, the Chicago Bears with Tariq Cohen. I'm thinking about the Philadelphia Eagles with Miles Sanders. I'm thinking about the Carolina Panthers with, uh, goodness, what's his name, uh, Christian McCaffrey. I'm thinking about the uh, New Orleans Saints with Alvin Kamara. I'm also thinking about the Detroit Lions and Carryon Johnson. So you can't have linebackers in single coverage against them in man coverage. You need to have someone over the top or you need someone that can keep up with them like a Mackenzie Alexander or a safety or maybe even J. Ron Curse, worst case scenario. But if you have single coverage with your linebackers on running backs like that, you're asking for big plays. Mike Zimmer, you got to stop that, bro. You have to know that because teams are going to keep doing it until you can prove to them that you will stop doing it. So anyway, you're asking for big plays in those scenarios. When you get to the secondary, Mike Hughes, he has had such a remarkable recovery. He already, you could make the argument that he's our best cornerback on this team. Trey Waynes, say what you want about him. He makes plays 
every single game. So don't hate on that man. He's been consistent. He gives up plays. He makes plays. I will take that. Mackenzie Alexander being healthy again is huge for this secondary. Xavier Oates, he's just there. I'm not going to crap on him every single video. It is what it is. This is on Mike Zimmer more than anything else for keeping him. But Xavier Rhodes, he, you know what, you're better off just putting him on the bench. And maybe when Holton Hill comes back, have him come in in place of Xavier Rhodes or put Xavier Rhodes as the fourth cornerback and Holton Hill can come back as that fourth cornerback. I'm good with that. And Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris, they've been lights out as well. So, so far, the team, the play calling on the offensive side of the ball, the offensive line has been good. Bench Pat Elfline, bring in Brett Jones or somebody else, and the offensive line will be even better. The running game has been strong. The receivers, they've been getting more involved in the passing game over the last couple of weeks. The passing game has opened up over the last couple of weeks. And then the defense, the defensive line, they've been fantastic as usual. Our linebackers are playing their ass off. I love it. Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks, big respect, much respect to y'all out there. The secondary has been lights. Well, the secondary has been okay outside of Xavier Rhodes and the safeties. They've been amazing as well. The only thing is besides the, uh, goodness, the offensive line with Pat Elf line and being consistent with balanced play calling is Mike Zimmer. You got to recognize you cannot have single coverage with your linebackers or running backs like those five running backs that I mentioned before. So, I don't think that I think the win against the Eagles was a statement win because coming into that game, the edge, the mental edge, I felt like went to the Eagles 2017 NFC Championship game, 38 to 7. They took all the hopes and dreams from the Vikings of being able to be the first team in NFL history to be to win the Super Bowl on their home turf. The Eagles, they won the Super Bowl at U.S. Bank Stadium, in which case afterwards Fletcher Cox said, I think it's pretty safe to say that we own the state of Minnesota. And yes, last year, the Vikings beat the Eagles. But in week 17, the Vikings collapsed against the Chicago Bears, who benched half their starters on defense throughout the game. In which case, the Vikings lost. And that gave the Philadelphia Eagles a playoff berth. If the Vikings won, the Vikings would have went to the playoffs. Instead, you gave the Eagles another playoff berth. And before the game even started, there was video surfacing of Doug Peterson walking out onto the field. Oh, just smelling it. Just taking it all in. Oh, two years ago, I won the Super Bowl. It's good to be back. So I thought the mental edge went up, was in favor of the Philadelphia Eagles. But that was a big-time win for the Vikings. I'm not saying this by this automatically punches their ticket for the Super Bowl. But I think this gives this team a jolt of energy and confidence that they so sorely needed. So we'll see how the rest of the season goes. That's the state of the Vikings. Let me know your thoughts. We do this three times a week. Mediocre Best Sports Podcast with Realistic Randy. Check me out on Twitter at Realistic underscore Randy. Facebook at Realistic Randy. We will see you tomorrow previewing the Lions versus the Vikings. We'll see you then.